0: What's up, Coastal Community Church? How you guys doing today? You guys doing well? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ and I'm one of the pastors here. And we're so glad that you're joining us here in person for church this weekend. Can we give it up for everybody that's watching online with us? All of our extended family. Man, we miss you guys. We cannot wait for you to join us back in person here uh, when you feel comfortable. But man, it is amazing to be with our church family. And I I don't know about you guys, but I've really, really, really been enjoying this series that we've been in called Apparently. Have you guys been enjoying this series all about family and parenting and... Like every kid is like, no, I hate this series. But uh, it, like every parent is like, yes, we need this. And and I just want to remind you that we we've been in this series over the last couple of weeks. That this this series came out of a whole bunch of discussions we were having with people online during the middle of the pandemic, asking them, hey, what are the things that you want to hear about? And overwhelmingly. We 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 heard a couple things. We want to hear about relationships. uh, We but and and finances. But more than anything, what they said is we want to hear about how do we raise our family? How do we create a home environment that is conducive to raising children? How do how do we put those things in place in our life? And so uh, that's where this series came out of. And so if you don't like it, it's your fault. You asked for it. I just I want to remind you of that every single week. I I, this is what you wanted. Give the people what they want. And so that's what we have been doing. And and this is what I know, is that raising a family is hard. Raising children is hard. Creating an environment uh, that is conducive for family to grow together, to grow in faith, to grow in wisdom, to grow in stature, to grow is a hard thing. And this is what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3. It says it takes wisdom... To have a good family. And it takes understanding. To make it strong. Listen, it takes a lot of wisdom. It takes a lot of uh, uh, insight from God in order to have a good family. And it takes us not only having that, but understanding that and putting it to practice to make our family strong. And that's the goal that we want to help you do within your home. That's the goal of our church. It's one of the reasons why we've put so much emphasis on multi generational ministries because we want to partner with families to help you grow your children to come alongside of you and and be a Superman. You tell them the same things over and over again. It feels like it goes in one ear and out the other. Then we come along and say the exact same thing, and all of a sudden your kids get it, and we partner together to help you make your family strong. And so the goal of this series is to give you the wisdom and the insight and the strength and the understanding so that you can apply that every single day of your life. In the first week in this series, we talked about kind of laying the foundation, some foundational truths to biblical parenting. And then the second week, Shayla preached an unbelievable message on on the amount of time that you have as a parent. We have to make the most of every moment that we have. And then last week, uh, we We talked about that we've we've got to go and we've got to treat our kids and we've got to grow our kids. And we talked about some timeless parenting truths that are out there. And this week, um, I I want to help us uh, move forward and understand some things about Uh, different aspects of parenting because here's what I know is everybody ends up somewhere in life. Very, very few people end up somewhere in purpose. Every person has a home. Very, very few people have an intentionality in their homes and our parenting is a place where we have the opportunity to build up and do some things that are really, really incredible. And here is the overarching kind of verse that we have been talking about every week and it's this in Proverbs chapter 22 verse 6. It says, train Up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from this. And this series is all about training, really. And if you haven't figured this out, it's not really about training your children, it's about training you as a parent in things that we are to be doing that we are modeling for our kids in life we are modeling and we are instilling inside of them every single day and and it's our job as mothers and fathers it's our jobs as husbands and wives it's our job as people to lead and to guide them intentionally in life again because everybody ends up somewhere and very few people end up somewhere in purpose and so I kind of wrote this down uh of the definition of what I think parenting is this is my definition you you can kind of and I I wrote it like this, parenting is the focused, intentional, consistent, God-dependent shepherding of your child's heart. I think that's what that's what parenting is. It's what we do. We're we're focused and we're intentional and we're consistent and we're dependent on God to input and, and to inject into us so that we can influence our child's hurt. And we do that by modeling, encouraging, and correcting. And that verse says, it says, train up a child in the way he should go, meaning that there is also a way that they shouldn't go. And it's our job as parents to help guide them through the different aspects of life to make sure they're not going off in a way that they should not Go. And so as parents, we are training. When are we training? Come on, parents. When are you training? You're training all the time. You're training all the time. Intentionally or unintentionally, you are in training with your children all the time. And whether we like it or not, we are creating a culture and an attitude within our home. And we've got to understand that children are like sponges. They're soaking up whatever the environment is putting around them. And so I want to talk to us today about this verse out of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. It says, for everything there is a season, a time for every activity under the sun. And I want to talk to you today about seasons in your child's life and how we have to parent differently in different seasons of our child's lives. it's it's one of the reasons some of you are frustrated right now is because you're trying to parent the same way at this season of life that you should be probably parenting a little bit different as they transition in seasons there are seasons in every year there are seasons in your parenting life and i want to help you understand this and honestly i've learned so much from a guy named Pastor Andy Stanley when it comes to this. He's the first person I ever heard talk about seasons of a parent's life and the different seasons. And he and his wife, Sandra, did a podcast on this quite a few years ago. I would encourage you to go and listen to it. It's got gold for parenting in it. And and, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of break it down a little bit differently than they did, but I think it's gonna be really, really helpful for us because we've got to understand what season we're in and what is the role that we play as parents in that season of life. And here's what I know the enemy's goal is. The enemy's goal is to get you to focus on the last season or the season you're going to be going into in the future instead of maximizing the season you're in. His goal is to get you all focused. Well, I missed that season. I messed up or, or man, I just can't wait for this season. No, 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 no. We've got to be in, intentional in the season we're in. We've got to maximize the moments that we have with our kids and so if you're taking notes today uh the first season is zero to five years old and here's the goal of this season get control so you can train here's the goal of the i mean this is what i mean when you speak they listen the first time listen you're never going to be able to train your kids if they don't know who is in control of them and I'm talking about like breaking them, but I am talking about helping them understand uh, authority in life, because we've all been in the grocery store, or a better setting is Walmart, and we're walking down an aisle and we see a parent with a child that is losing their mind. And, and we've all experienced it. They're there, and they're, they're falling. Ah, I hate you! I can't stand you! I wish you would die! Right? We've all experienced that at some point, right? The child that is losing control, like they have lost it in that moment. They are freaking out on their parent. And their parent is there. It's like, Jimmy, one... Jimmy, I said one. Jimmy, two, two. Jimmy, you know what happens if I get to three. I'm going to take away your Xbox. Jimmy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you to the, your room where you have a big screen TV and 37 other games. Jimmy. And then what do they do? They go back to, Jimmy, one. And Jimmy, two. And you're like, Jimmy, three. It's three, Jimmy. Get, look out, right? You're trying to help that parent out. Maybe invite them to church and go, "Man, we got a great parenting series for you right now this might help you." Or you see the parent that their kids is not listening and they're just, "Hey! Hey!" They're just yelling at them all the time. And you wonder why your children don't respond to your threats or don't respond to the counting? It's because they've learned that you have no follow through. In fact, what is really, really interesting is if you can't get control at a young age, you'll struggle to gain their heart later on. Because this is not about breaking their spirit, this is about breaking their will. And I don't know if you realize this, but every child has a sinful nature. And every child wants to push the limits of your parenting. And what happens in life is when we do things like count to one, two, three, we're telling them that they have three opportunities they can disrespect and negate your authority. In other words, I'm going to give you three opportunities to rebel in life. And parents, what you allow, you encourage and I learned very early on, the Bible tells us that, that God disciplines those he loves, and my parents loved me a lot because I got disciplined a lot. And I know that that's a, that's, a, that's a bad word today, but it's important that we begin teaching our children that there are consequences when you break boundaries that we set as parents. Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to prepare them for real life. And in real life, when you break a boundary or when you rebel in that moment, there are consequences in real life. In fact, God establishes this right in the beginning. The amazing thing is, is what does every child want? They want freedom, right? So, what every child wants. What does every adult want from their child? They want them to be responsible. In the very beginning, God establishes this this with us as children. In Genesis chapter three, it's not in your notes, but God tells Adam, hey, listen, you can, all these trees, you you have freedom. You have freedom to go around to all these trees. You can have all of this stuff. Here is the one boundary that there is. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Do not eat of that tree, or here is the consequence, or surely you will die. So what he does is, he's a good parent. He sets up a boundary. Hey, this is all yours. Here is a thing you can't do. And if you do, here is the consequence to it. And here's what a loving parent does, is when they break that boundary, God follows through on the consequence. Well, that doesn't sound very loving. Yes, it does. He's teaching them authority and responsibility, which is part of the problem in our society today. Kids lack Authority for people that are in authority, and they want to blame everybody else instead of taking responsibility. They learned that somewhere. It's in our homes. I didn't figure this was going to be popular today. But every child wants to test limits. What do you do? You tell them, hey, here's the boundaries at home. You can play anywhere in our yard. Just don't go outside of your yard. So what do you do? You look outside. What is your kid going to do? He's going to go to the edge of your driveway, right? And he's going to go, boop. Why? Because he is testing the limits. Why? Because Proverbs chapter 22, verse 15, it says, A youngster's heart is filled with foolishness. But the Bible says, But physical discipline will drive it far, far from him. So when that child breaks that, that, that boundary, what does that mean? There is a consequence to that decision. And when you set boundaries, there has to be consequences as a parent. And at this age, you have got to win every battle with that child. Because they are testing your limits every single moment. And the key to this as parents is consistency. You have to be consistent to set this in place. Because you want them to be obedient to your voice. Because what you're teaching them is, is, hey, there is an authority. And you need to be obedient to that voice. Because eventually they're going to hear this voice of God. And you want them to be obedient to that. Like so much of what we do as parents is setting the tone for their eventual relationship with their heavenly father. And what we do in this moment is so important. And as parents, it's so important that we realize that we never step between a boundary and a consequence. Listen, when they break that, there has to be that consequence. We don't ever wanna step in that place. We want them to realize that, so we're training them in this thing, that we're disciplining the attitude that caused that. that It's not about the action, it's like, why would you rebel in this moment? Let's get to the heart of the issue, because I wanna change your heart in life so that you understand that this is a heart problem not an action problem. This is you knew what the boundaries were and you step past that. And when your ch- child learns this, all the, what they're doing is they're learning how to honor authority. they're learning how to be how to stay within the boundaries of life. and what the boundaries of life will do is keep them safe and that will keep them out of harm. And, and when we confront those, when they break those boundaries, what we're doing is we are confronting the character gaps in their hearts. We're confronting those things. And every psychologist says that character formation happens in this age group. Zero to five years old. You have exactly 250 weeks to form their character. Makes you think about that zero to five age and like how critical it is. And how much in this season our children need our time, they need our input, they need our influence. And what we're doing is, it, is we're doing what Colossians 3, chapter 20 and 21 says, Children, always obey your parents, for this pleases God. It's not about pleasing you, it's about eventually them being pleasing to God. And so, what that means is, he goes on to say, Don't aggravate your children or, 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 or they'll become discouraged in life. He's saying, Listen, don't, don't live this parenting that is threatening them or don't bribe them or they'll end up as negotiators and manipulators. That's not what you want. Don't count, don't negotiate, man. You want them to be pleasing to God teach them first time obedience because that's what you want them to do with God. And children, they're smart. They're going to try to divide and conquer the home. So if you say no, you know exactly what they're going to do. They're going to go and they're going to ask mom, right? Because that's what they want to do. And listen, that is called disobedience. You're trying to divide the home. Do you know that as a family, as parents, you're one? So if mom says it, you go to dad, it's the same thing. Like, that's breaking the rule right there. Parents, you got to talk about these things. You got to know what the boundaries are and what the consequences are for breaking those boundaries. And so that you can have a united house rather than a divided house. In fact, one of the best books you could ever get on this is is a book called Boundaries with Kids. It's by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. It's absolutely incredible. I would encourage you to go pick that book up, read it. I, I don't even care if you don't have kids in this age group. It is so good. And what we're doing in this stage is we are trying to gain control in this stage so that we can get into the next stage. The next stage is six to 12 years old, and this is the train and instill values stage. This is a stage where where you you have an opportunity to really instill the values. You want to know Know why your kids are always asking why, 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 why. Here's your opportunity to give them the why behind the what. This is what we do as a family, and here's why we're doing it. We're instilling the values behind what we do. We've already taught you obedience. Now um, we're teaching you why we're obedient in this situation. The reason why we go to church every single week is because as a family, we believe in putting God first. And in the weekend, technically Sunday, is the first day of the week, so we give God our first. It's why we wake up in the morning and we do devotions together, because we believe in putting God first. And we want you to have... this value in your life. And so you're constantly explaining not just what you're doing, but why you're doing it. You're modeling for them the things that you want instilled in their lives and what they, they need to do. So you, they see you do it. You come alongside them and then they do it together with you. Then they do it and you explain and you help them and then you let them do it on their own. You're doing all these things, instilling these values in their life. I equate it to like uh, when when I go and work out of the gym, which obviously, as you can see by my physique, is not. Very often, uh, but when I do, I, I typically go and I go to a class where there is a trainer that will work with me because I need a lot of help. And what I've found is, is trainers are amazing, right? You go in there and you start lifting weights, and they're, what they do typically is they show you exactly how they want the exercise done. Here's exactly how we're going to do this exercise. Let me show you proper form. Let me show you exactly the, the, the tempo I want you to do it. Here's the weight I want you to do it with and they then they show you how to do it then they watch you do it and while you're doing it they're going, like, oh that's so good you got one more they're so encouraging they're so they're so life-giving but here's what I know if you start doing it wrong what do they do in that moment they correct you right and the reason why they correct you is not because they hate you the reason why they correct you in that moment is because bad form will eventually hurt you And as parents, when we're instilling values, what we don't want to do is we don't want to perpetuate bad form in our kids because what it will do is it will cause them to get injured in life. And so we want to make sure that they're not getting injured. And so we want to have this personal responsibility to be a part of the process and watch them and teach them and correct them and train them and instill these values in their lives. That's why Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 19, it says, teach them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. We've been reading a verse that was just like this in Deuteronomy 6, but God continually repeats this over and over and over. These same statements to the children children of Israel. He's trying to get to them. Is like, hey, you've got to train and instill these things in your children because he's training his, va- his people to value certain things. And we've got to train those same things in our children. Listen, classrooms give instruction. Parenting is all about the formation of your child. You're to be forming and molding them and shaping them to be the man and the woman that they're eventually going to be. And all of this Takes so much. These first two stages, honestly, they take a lot of time, and they take a lot of effort. This is not where you can be an absentee parent. you are got to be super involved in these stages because it's getting ready to change in this next stage. 13 to 18, and I would even say 18-ish because of the society we live in today, where all of a sudden we turn to coaches, where we're coaching them. And this is when your children are beginning to grow their wings. They're starting to think, like, I'm independent. Some of you have some teenagers right now that are starting to flex on you parents are like man I'm I'm a grown-up person and I and I know right now you want to kill them and 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 here's the thing if you don't kill them the eventual reward for you not killing them is they will give you grandchildren I'm just letting you know that right now but right as they get to this age they think they know everything they think that they are grown and part of that reason is society tells them they're grown Listen, students, if you're in here, you are grown when you don't need any more money from your parents and you're not under their roof. That's when you're grown up. That's why I say 18-ish, because some of y'all are 27 and still under their roof, still need their money, still need their insurance. Still, still need, you're not grown. You know what phase you're in? You're in the coaching phase. Here's the goal. I need to get you ready in this phase to help you be independent. I don't dominate in this stage. I need to get you ready, which means I need to coach you. And I need to teach you to ask yourself the most important question you can ask yourself every time you're making a decision. And that is this, is what is the wise decision? If you can begin to coach your child to go, hey, what is the wise decision right here? When they are making choices, all of a sudden it will give you a platform to begin to coach them. So when they make the bad decision... You go, hey, hey, how did you come to that decision? Let's talk through this. What did, what did you see there that, that maybe you missed? Let me help you maybe get some different perspective right here. Because otherwise what happens is, is, is we see this walking around Proverbs chapter 7, verse 7. I saw some naive young men, one in particular who lacked common sense. I think I've seen that kid. <laughs> we see this walking around. Why? Because they're not asking the question. What is the wise decision? And so we're talking to them constantly about making wise decisions. We're coming back after they make decisions. When they make good ones, we're, we're celebrating when they make good decisions. When, when they make poor decisions, we're having conversations. And we're helping correct and coach and make adjustments in their life. I remember when I was learning how to drive. Uh, as a kid, and I remember my dad sitting in the seat next to me, and 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 as I would be driving, he'd be coaching me. Uh, some things he did really well, some things he did not. Uh, he'd be like, "Hey, you're making a left-hand turn. Turn your blinker on, right." He wasn't, he wasn't, he just helping me learn some different things. I remember the first time we were getting ready to go on the interstate. And as we are in the merge lane going on the interstate, he's like, hey, I need you to speed up. I need you to speed up. I need you, I need you to get up to a certain speed, TJ. I need you, I need you to floor it right now. (laughs) Why? Because I have to get up to a certain speed to enter the interstate safely. And the goal for us as parents is to help our children in this stage get up to speed safely so when they enter into the roadway of life they're not going to get in on too slow and get hit that they're going to merge correctly that they're going to experience everything that they can in that season. And here's the thing, I want to encourage some of you that you feel like you've failed in in some of these sections and you don't have that voice to coach. Listen, nothing is impossible with God. God can do the impossible in your parenting, in your influence with your children. It's, It's possible for them to be different. And hopefully then you get to this next stage, which is 19 and older, where you become a consultant. And this is when your children are grown and they're out of the house. They no longer have to obey you. Now you become the role of a consultant. Uh, And here's what they need to know when you become a consultant. I am just one phone call away. Listen, there is nobody out there that will love you the way I love you. There's nobody that spent the amount of money that, they, that mom and dad have spent on you. There's nobody that has prayed for you the way that I have prayed for you. There is nobody that, that, that loves you the way that I love you. But I am now a consultant. And if you want me in areas of your life, you have got to invite me into those. This is where the friendship aspect starts to play a role the problem is is some of us parent and think we should become friends with them when they're teenagers no 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 that's not your role when they're a teenager you're not their friend you're their parent they don't need friends they got lots of those they need a parents when they move out of your house is when you can become that friend you can become that consultant in their life and listen that means that you don't get to speak into everything in their life the only things you get to speak into is what they invite you into and you need to let them know, hey, listen, whatever room you invite me in in your life, man, I am there for you 100%. I want to be a part of your life. I wanna, uh, and, and honestly, your level of involvement in their life is going to be dependent on what you did in the three previous stages. Of how comfortable they are to want to invite you in to consult and, and help them in those next couple of stages. And, but with those four stages, I want to give you the key that I believe is the key of three things that you have to do through every single one of these stages. And it's found in Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22. It says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in a bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven and it said this, you are my son. Whom I love and with whom I'm well pleased. This The voice that they say from heaven, they believe that that was the voice of God that was coming down and speaking to his son. And he spoke and he, he spoke three things into his child. And I think there's three things that as parents we have got to give our children. They're critical in every single one of those seasons. And the first one is this, is, is they need to know that they are accepted. He says, you are my son. He's saying, man, this is about ownership. This is about you belong to me. It isn't based on what you do or how you perform. It's like you are mine. And and, and here's what I know. So many kids feel like the only way that my parents accept me is if I perform. You want to know why they think that is because the only time you show up is when they are doing some sort of performing thing. If you only show up for games, you know what they think? I've got to perform to get the influence and the acceptance of my mom or my dad. If you only show up for for those big moments, they think that, well, man, I've got to create big moments in order for you to accept me. That's why I said those first 12 years are so critical that it takes a lot of time. Why? Because they just need to know that no matter what, you're mine. It reminds me of the story of Jacob and Esau. They're two brothers born at the same time. And and Esau is loved by his father. And his brother Jacob, all he wants is for his father to love him too. In fact, the cry of his heart as you read the story is this, man, Dad, I just want you to bless me. I believe the cry of every child's heart is, Mom, Dad, I just want you to bless me. Accept me. No matter my faults, no matter how bad I screw up, I I need to know that I'm accepted. And I know there's so many of you here that you've grown up and you feel rejected by your family, that you feel rejected by people. And I want you to know right here, right now, that there is a heavenly Father that loves you, that accepts you right where you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've experienced in life. He doesn't reject you. He goes, no, 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 you're, you're mine. I love you more than an everlasting love. In fact, in Isaiah 43, he says this, he says, now, and you just put your name in there, oh, TJ listen to the lord who created you oh tj the one who formed you says don't be afraid for i have ransomed you i've called you by name and here's my favorite part you are mine and every child needs to hear over and over again Man, you're mine number 2 affection He says, you are my son whom I love. Whom I love. It's the I love you. And the problem is, is we use the word love for everything. I love tacos. I love football. I love baseball. I love my wife. I love my kids. Not necessarily in that order. But we use love for everything. And so it's got to go beyond just the mere words of, hey, son, hey, daughter, I love you. It's got to move from verbal love to all-encompassing love. That completely unselfish love. It's got to be love that is not just in words, but is in action. That's why 1 John chapter 3 says, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and truth. So what does that mean? That means, that means that we can't just say, I love my kid, man. We need to show them affection. Do you know how important touch is to your child? And I'm, I'm not talking weird touch. I'm talking about, do you know how important that hug is? That kiss? Like you holding them, you comforting them. So critical to their development. No matter how old they are. And we think sometimes, well, they've done something, so I'm going to withhold my affection. No, no, no. When they screw up is when they need your affection more. Because that's exactly when our Heavenly Father, when we've screwed up the most, He comes running after us the most. And wraps his arm of love around us. Because love is a choice. I choose to love you. Not based on what you deserve, but who you are because you're my child. And then number three is affirmation. He says, this is my son whom I love and with whom I am well pleased. Psalms 127.3 says, children are a gift from the Lord. Let them know that. Let them know that they, that they are a gift, that they are a reward. Like, if there's something positive to say about your child, let them know. Like, kids need so much, adults need so much affirmation. And we're all always searching for some place that will affirm us. You want your your kids to come back to you as a consultant? Always be affirming them. Always be telling them, There's like one thing I'm so grateful for for, from my family, even though they were jacked up and they were messed up, they didn't get a lot of things right. Man, they were always affirming, hey, TJ, you got potential. Like, I see greatness in you. Man, there's nothing that you can't accomplish in life. There, there was no, nothing that was ever going to hold me back based on my parents' affirmation. Even when I was making D's and F's, they're like, you're smart. I was like, no, I'm not. My report card tells me differently. They kept telling me. They kept telling me, man, you're smart. Like, you are so Intelligent. Like, I remember my junior year, my chemistry teacher had a parent-teacher conference with me in it, and she said, man, he's just not very smart. My parents walked out of there and they said, that lady is full of crap, TJ. They actually used some different words. There's way more in you than she could ever imagine or see. Do you know that my senior year, I I carried over a 4.0? Why? Because my parents weren't going to let the world tell me something that they saw differently in me. You know what that also meant? I didn't look to the world for my validation because I was getting my validation at home. I didn't have to go impress any friends because my my family was already impressed at home. Parents, we have a huge responsibility and a huge opportunity, an opportunity to impact and transform a generation, not just while they're in our homes, but all throughout their days. One last thing. I, I, I found this today. They've done tons of studies on research, and they say self-esteem comes from the validation of those that matter most to you. And they say the most important people in a child's life are his mother or their father. Parents. Acceptance. You're mine. Affection. Affection whom I love in affirmation with whom I am well-pleased. And if we apply those and we'll parent during those seasons, I believe that we will raise a generation that will change and transform this world for not only the glory of your family name, but for the glory of God. We guys bow your heads and pray with me? God, I thank you for every single person that's in this room, for every single family that's represented. God, I know that you have got an incredible purpose. And an incredible plan for them. And God, I pray for every parent that's out there that is in a different season, whether they're in the get control season, or they're the training and still season, or they're in their coaching season, or they've become a consultant in life, God, I pray that you would give them unbelievable wisdom on how to build a family, and God, that you would give them understanding to make it strong, God, that you would you would enlighten their eyes to see where they can constantly be affirming and, and loving and and really inspiring their children no matter what their age is, to maximize their potential. God, I pray that you would give them words to speak. God, I pray that you would give them opportunities to love unconditionally, that you would give them moments where they could just accept and embrace their kids. And God, that as they do that, that you would do a supernatural work in their families. God, that you would draw their homes closer together. God, that you would knit their hearts together in ways like they'd never seen or experienced before. And that God, that you would be at the center of everything. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.